Hello, everybody. Welcome to the online tennis podcast, episode 17. It's me, Jack, and my co host. Gavin, yeah, good morning, mate. How are you doing? Good, thank you, Gav. Yeah, uh, this may be the earliest we've done it, but it's not that early. I won't say to the viewers how early it is because that would just be embarrassing, but I think this is the earliest we've done a podcast, so we're Dedicated both bleary eyed. Yeah. <laughs> but raiding to go, we had St. Petersburg, Vienna, Kurmir, I think it's pronounced that way, yep. and Transylvania. So two 250s on the women's side and a 500 and a 250 on the men's side, the 500 being Vienna. How much did you see, Gav? Did you see bits watched and pieces? a lot of Vienna, yeah. yeah. Lots, a lot of it. Um, a lot of great matches. I think that was must be one of the best lineups for an ATP 500 this season. Yeah. I think it was just stacked full of great quality matches. I think I said to you last week, you know, on the Monday, usually maybe expect one or two very good matches and then maybe the rest are just kind of first rounds and qualifiers and stuff. Not that they're not good to watch, but like the the main headline acts are usually left for Tuesday or Wednesday. But um, yeah, like that lineup was stacked on that Monday, and it just continued yeah. to be great from there. Really, really good a ton, team. a ton of different narratives and threads going on. Definitely, yeah. I think with that said, yeah, let's just dive into Vienna. I think that's the best place to start. Definitely, there's a there's a ton to cover there. I don't know how much you saw of the early week, Gav, but I was gonna quickly talk about a bit of a Andy's match and. Yeah. A little milestone for him in his comeback, his first top 10 win for five years, I think. I know. As much as yeah. that, four years maybe? Reason I don't know. It's about it, isn't it? Um, yeah. It was, it was a very good match in Sarkatch, very entertaining to watch. As all oh, had. sorry, scratch that. Scratch that. Sorry, he beat Zverev last year. But um, right. okay. there was a five match losing streak to top 10 opponents at least, anyway. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, um, yeah, great win for him. Uh, great match to watch. I mean, all of Andy's matches, I think, since he's come back, have been great to watch just for different reasons. Um, mm. He's always great to watch, especially his attitude and stuff. I think um, hotly contested match. Her catch admittedly didn't play his best, especially in that third set. I thought his level sort of dropped off a cliff. It did. Really, it did. got to yeah. give credit to Murray for, um, you know, he had that match point in the second set that he didn't get. Obviously, her catch hit the great return. You kind of thought, well, maybe how how's Andy going to deal with this mentally? Um, but he came back really well, stayed focused, didn't let it bother him. Her catch's level dipped, but fair play to Andy to be able to consistently produce that level for three hours, not without having a major dip is, you know, great sign for him, isn't it? Super great sign, yeah. And obviously played him twice in the last couple of months, this third time. You could see his level was getting better and better every time against her catch. He was starting to work him out a bit. He was amazing in the big moments, which is something, you know, we, we've had a little bit of a gripe about over the last few Andy matches. Definitely was one, or he saved nine out of ten of his break points um, that Harkatch had. He, he, he dug deep, definitely, and after he saved that, or after he lost that match point, you know, I was kind of thinking the worst, certainly when he went down a break in the third. But yeah, he dug in and he was awesome. He was, he was really good on serve. You yep. know, he, he, he did a lot, definitely. He was brilliant. There was tense moments at the end of the match, certainly, and, you know, juice back and forth, just a bit of classic Andiness, but the fact he came through, brilliant, brilliant stuff, and, I mean, it, it looks amazing for the future, and I wouldn't read too much into his loss to Alcaraz in the next round. Yeah, I mean, I think, um, you know, he's getting better in the big moments, as you've said. I think that has been a fair gripe. I think it's been fair that we've commented on it, because it has been noticeable, especially in the past few months or so. But you know, he is getting better. I've noticed that myself as well. He is getting better in those big moments now. I think maybe it's just come with the experience of playing more matches, you know, playing weekly now, you know, week in, week out. I think at the start of the year, that was a major criticism. It was maybe, not a criticism, but maybe a comment was sort of, um, he was playing sporadic tournaments, and, you know, he couldn't really build up much momentum. So he'd maybe win a couple of matches and maybe not play for a couple of months. But now that he's playing every week, 
you know, you can sort of see that progression and it's more promising, you know, obviously his body must be coping quite well or, he's, or he would have pulled out of some of these tournaments. So, um, definitely. He's playing Stockholm, I think, isn't he? Uh, he is. Yeah, he is. The season. So, uh, he, that, that'll be a good watch as well. Um, he, ha- he has said he's not going to keep losing in the second and third round of tournaments. He's going to get better and will improve him, you know, one week, whether it's in a week, two weeks or a few months, he's going to break through and I believe that definitely, you know, he's, he's putting together good wins. It's just putting together a few extra good wins and getting a deep run at any tournament because he really just needs, you know, that extra ranking point surge to put himself into a nice, comfy top 100 position. Definitely. I mean, it's not really necessary, obviously, with the wild cards and the, I think he's ran out of protected rankings probably, but certainly, yeah, you know, he's get, he's getting into tournaments either way. So it's going to happen at one point. Definitely. definitely. Yeah. And I would just say on Alcaraz, I thought he played outstanding tennis against him. So I wouldn't yeah, would worry did. too much about that. First, I think the first five games were like 40 minutes or something. It was incredible. Um, yeah. So Alcaraz, Alcaraz is a quality player. I think Murray, the problem was that like, I don't think he could maintain the level of serving in terms of getting his first serve in. And, you know, he was getting into a wee bit of trouble, especially towards the end of the match. But yeah, you can't really criticise Andy for losing one like that. Alcaraz played really well throughout the week. Um, mm-hmm. so, Berrettini you know, as well. Yeah, Berrettini was was an interesting one. I actually watched his match against Bazlashvili. And that, in a way, it sounds harsh, maybe a wee bit too harsh, but uh, hot take alert. But uh, for me, that sort of summed up why Bazlashvili will not maybe be a top 10 or 15 player. Set up, you know, dominating the match. Berrettini wasn't playing particularly well. Had those break point chances at the start of the second set. I think it was Pete Orchard's in commentary sort of said... Now, it'll be interesting to see what happens here because Bazlash really, you know, he loves going for his shots, but he's just got to play disciplined tennis for the next five, ten minutes to try and get the break. And he just, he didn't play disciplined tennis in a short, yeah. you know, and he lost the second set, lost the match, I think 6-2 in the third. And that was sort of like, for me, I was like, I knew it was coming. It was strange. I knew it was coming. I knew, like, he's not going to get the break here. He's going to he's gonna lose it. Berkin is going to come through. And he did. And I was sort of like, well, yeah, that sort of sums him up a wee bit. I don't know what you yeah. think of that, but. Yeah, the dips are big dips. I think that's the problem. And if somebody can ride that out against them, then, you know, it will eventually come good and they'll probably be up in the match. I definitely would agree with that. Obviously, he's had a good season and stuff, but yeah, yeah. yeah I agree with you. Um, and then Berrettini lost to Alcaraz is also what I was yep. thinking of. And that match was amazing. So good. Again, Alcaraz was just outstanding. He won it in a deciding set tiebreak. I just love watching his game. Honestly, I think yep. it's amazing. I, the, the the power, the size of the game, but also mixed with the finesse, the drop shots at the right time and stuff. It's just so entertaining. He was like a break up in the final set and that, you know, and Berrettini came back and I was showed a good bit of mental strength there as well. <clears throat> a lot of young mm-hmm. players wouldn't be able to cope with that and think, oh, I had my chance, it might have been gone. Um, but he, he was able he to. Kept sort of, going. He was able to mentally, you know, calm, storm, keep calm, and he won that in the clutch moment in the tiebreak. He was a better player. So yeah, it's good. great signs for Alcaraz. I think he's definitely on an upward curve, and it's going to be interesting to see what he does next season uh, when he can back it up. You know, definitely, yeah. Progress. Yeah, and also something we saw, and I, I did know this because I, we saw a lot of this at the US Open. He has got the potential for a big serve like he, he can hit absolute bombs it's just yep. you know that's what gets complained about it's not as good as it could be yet he has the potential to make it big because we've seen yeah. how big it can be he whereas he uses a lot of legs doesn't he a lot of legs yeah right? you know, you yeah i was gonna say i was gonna say a player like brooksby maybe we haven't seen him hit serves that big yet we don't know for sure that that serve is going to get as big as it could be alcaraz definitely just has that latent power there yeah. to make his game that big so 
it, he could be amazing. Like he really could yeah. be. Yeah. yeah, it was amazing. Well, it was it was so good all week. He did lose in the next round, but I just thought this might be an interesting wee start for you, Gav. The youngest ATP five hundred semi finalists. Yep. Here's the last five. We've got Zverev at seventeen, lost it. Chorich at seventeen in Basel, lost it. Rude in Rio, twenty seventeen, lost it. Chorich in twenty fifteen, Dubai, eighteen, lost it. And then Alcaraz, twenty twenty one, Vienna, lost it. Wow. So Somebody else did the digging. I can't remember who it was. I wish I could credit them. It might it might have just been ATP Media actually. So I don't I don't feel so bad about that. <laughs> yeah. So there, yeah, there you go. But Alcaraz thought that was an interesting wee start. There is a sort of you know it's quite normal for a player of that age to run out of steam by the time he's sort of three or four matches into a big tournament. Um, yeah, but still an amazing week for him. Obviously, I think it's only going to be good things from from here on out. I would move on to Cam Nori next, I think, is the natural progression before I move on to the final. Yep. I don't know if you saw that match, but he had... Yeah. He had... I saw most of it. It was quite hard, actually, because he he was up 5-1 in the tie break. He was then up 6-3. Three match points came and went. Felix Olgar-Aliassim, actually, in fairness to him, you know, he gets so much stick about his mental game, but he was amazing. Like incredible backhand passing shot, didn't he? You know, cross court, mm-hmm. like that was yeah. remarkable. And you know, thinking about Norrie's game, you can't really criticize him at all this year for what he's done. But if there's one area of his game, you know, that would be nice to improve, maybe just get a bit more power in the serve, just to get three more yeah. three points. He locates mm-hmm. it very well, but you know, he locates it maybe at one ten to one twenty. He'd like to maybe see one two five to one thirty if it was possible. I don't know whether it is possible with his uh, motion. But uh, that's the one criticism you can have. I mean, I think Ojal Asim, you're right, just played very well, stuck in, dug in very well. And, uh, you know, fair play to him. That can happen to any player, uh, to be fair. We've seen players, you know, lose matches from that position. So mm-hmm. I don't think it would throw him off too much. I think he would have a good end to the season. But, you know, it was disappointing from his point of view with the ATP finals coming up, you know, so close that it happened at that moment. Yeah. You know? Okay, just ha- it happens. Like, he played flawlessly I don't know for a while I don't know if you saw the first like 10 service games but he didn't drop it yeah he he won 30 service points his first 30 service points yeah so at the end of the match he ended up winning 13 more points than Felix Ogarelli seem which is a a mad stat definitely so positives you know if you can draw positives for you know and a loss at the end of the season but yeah so yeah you're saying that about the serve obviously didn't win many points off of the serve alone, it was just him grinding yeah, a lot of the time. From a tiebreak point of view, you know, um, but yeah, you know, you can't really yeah. criticize him. Yeah, exactly. It just happens, definitely. Happen. Uh, and he's had an amazing. Obviously, after Indian Wells, he's not going to feel too hard done by, is he? You know. Yeah, he won't he, be too disappointed. I don't think. Exactly. Yeah. Moving on to the final, or mm-hmm. or at least moving on. I'll move on to the finalists' run yeah. first in France's TFO because uh, TFO had an amazing. He had an incredible run, didn't he? He's so he good did. to watch. Love, love watching the guy. Like he's got so much personality. Um, big, you know, he's a obviously a big match player. Someone that rises to the occasion. Um, thought against Tsitsipas, he was very, very good mentally. I think that's mentally the best I've seen him. You know, because um, often when he maybe when he maybe takes the first set and he loses the second or whatever, or loses the first um, set or gets down in matches. Yeah, he can sort of sometimes just go away or just sort of dip. But like he was able to sort of still maintain that self belief, and he was able to really, especially in the longer points in the back of the court, he was able to stay with Sitsipas. He was very disciplined. He wasn't going for shots too early, staying in the rallies, moved very well. 
and mm-hmm. uh, he just hit a consistent depth, which I think was key to him winning it because usually in the past he might have gone for a few more winners, a few more flashy shots too early, and he would have maybe hit more unforced errors. But um, yeah. in that match, he seemed to just be more patient, more disciplined, willing to wait, and then go for his chance when he had it. You know, yeah, a bit more uh, rally discipline, definitely yeah, rally discipline. Yeah. We saw kind of the opposite from Sitsipas actually, who ended up double faulting on the final break point of the match yeah. to sort of hand it back to TFO. And it's a, I don't want to say it's a recurring theme, but it kind of is. The reason I don't want to say that is because he's done so much right this season that it's, mm. you know, you can let him off. But he has had a lot of matches where he's in a winning position and then went on to yeah. blow it. Alcaraz, TFO, obviously now. Zverev, Djokovic twice, Nadal, Hercatch come to mind this season he's got quite a good deciding set record that's the thing but he just he's also had matches where he could have finished it and he just didn't basically yeah. so no i know uh, i still think he needs to improve that return especially in the backhand side i know it's he has improved it this season and obviously that you could see that in the clay in particular but it's still a major part of his game that he needs to improve for me you know if you think about <clears throat> his defeat to medvedev in australia you know the amount of three points medvedev was getting served then think of Wimbledon against Tier 4, he just couldn't deal with it on the backhand side. Then US Open as well. It's yeah. mainly been no turn, I think, that's really let him down. But Yeah, uh, I, I don't even know if it is much better, Gav. I've, I've, you know, I've, I've been saying that about Sitsipas. A wee bit on the play, maybe. A um, little bit. It's, it's more about him being able to run round it. I think he's, he's got a lot better at that. And, you know, the chip finding... He develop a better chip return, doesn't he? Especially he does. Yeah. He definitely does. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't think he's quite got that yet, definitely. That will come with time, I'm sure. But yeah, he's, he's still a bit weak in that department and it showed against TFO this week for sure. Yeah. But yeah, amazing week for TFO who also beat Schwartzman. I don't know if you saw that second set, but he was up 5-1 up in the yeah. second set and yeah, it went to a tiebreak eventually. Yeah. But there you go, he did eventually take it. And then against Sinner, he was down 5-2 in the second set. Uh, Sinner served for the match and he was, he was able to turn it around, winning 11 of the last 13 games to close it out. Yeah. Which was which was brilliant, obviously. Sinner, you know, maybe didn't play quite as well as he could have from that position. That's not even really true. TFO was just amazing. TFO credit. I mean, I don't know whether it's his new, you know, his coaching partnership with Wayne Ferreira, but I think he was talking about um, the fact that I think during his practices, he's not allowed to look at his phone to like try and get mm-hmm. more discipline. I think yeah. you know you can see that in matches like where you, whereas he used to kind of just go for shots and maybe be a bit, you know, not tactically as astute as other players. <clears throat> now he's sort of um, willing to sort of wait by his time, as I said earlier. And, um, you know, he's, he's seen that, he's seen the benefits of that, you know. Um, definitely. I definitely think he can, you know, next season, and you know, going towards the end of this season, I think he can have a strong end to the season and, you know, just improve his ranking um, next season yeah. as well. Yeah, I agree. Definitely. Center silver lining for him, by the way, reaching the semis of Vienna. Yeah. Now he leapfrogs Hercatch to make it to eighth place in the race to Turin. So at the moment yeah. he he's going to be the eighth man to to make it to Turin. Obviously that could change in Paris. Big points on offer, but obviously yeah, still a silver lining for him definitely. And uh, TFO against Zverev in the finals. Zverev was very very good in the final. TFO you know actually played pretty good tennis. I would say yeah. Zverev was just kind of untouchable and served sixty five percent unreturned first serves, nineteen aces. Uh, yeah. compared to 33% unreturned first serves from TFO. It's, it's funny about Zverev though, because you watch him in matches and you think, right, okay, he's just going to cruise this, especially against Demonor and Ojala uh, Sim, you're thinking, right, he's playing so well, he'll be fine, he'll win this in yeah. and he just somehow manages to have a mental blip in matches, yeah. he loses a set and he comes back. 
Yeah, it's been a wee bit of a recurring theme from him, but you know, if he's winning the title at the end of the week, yeah, he can't complain. Really give him much stick, but I mean, it, it just happens sometimes. Uh, yeah, definitely. Why? But I, I, well, it's definitely well, a highlight. You know, it's a high level he's trying to sustain. Definitely, and yeah. you know, like he showed showed us in the final. You know, if he can sustain that over a whole match, he's kind of unplayable a lot of the time. Certainly on a quick court like uh, Vienna, you know, he, he was just he was absolutely hammering his serve and TFO didn't. He? really stand a chance I think there was one game where he he kind of dropped the ball a little bit and gave him a break but other than that he was pretty much flawless on serve yeah. so it was just a matter of time but you know you could take more risk on TFO's serve sort of thing on, on, on his return yeah. so yeah it was only a matter of time before he won it playing at that level even though TFO played a really 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 well high level himself yeah you're right played yeah. a high level and just wasn't you know when you come up against a better player there's not much you can do yeah, yeah. I thought TFO played as well as he could have really definitely so that makes Zverev's fifth title of the year. Yep. It's also it also makes him uh, over three hundred wins for his career as well. Just for reference, team who's four years older has three hundred and nine wins on the yeah. ATP tour. So they, you know, I mean, that, 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 impressive. He's been playing better from a very young age. You know, you think yeah. about it. I think his first Masters title was just over four years ago. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, so yeah, he's been winning for a long time. So yeah, it's pretty impressive, definitely. Um, yeah, so I mean, it was a good week in Vienna. Loads of amazing matches. Definitely, you must have got the impression of that there, going for a few of those matches. Good week for Zverev, definitely. Probably move on to Kurmir on the ladies' side. A few stories there. I think probably one of the most interesting is Udmila Samsonova. I don't know if you saw any of her matches, Gav, but she got into the semi-finals, dropped very few games against her opponents. I don't know if you've seen her play before, but she's gotten a well, massive, well. massive game. See, like she can when she's on, she is properly on. Like huge returns, huge game in general. Saw it in the clay earlier this year. Most impressive win this week probably was against Kalinskaya, who's also having a decent season. However, in the semis, she came up against Clara Towson, and she was uh, she was up six two. In a second set tiebreak, four match points. Yeah. Clara Towson saves all of them, and then there was another match point, and Towson plum like plum on the line a second serve that uh, couldn't get returned. Basically, it was amazing from Clara Towson. She was so impressive. In fairness to Samson, in fairness to Towson, Samsonova did miss all four match points previous to that, but it was very very close. Like each of them were like about an inch away from the line. Super exciting stuff. Yeah, and in fairness to Samsonova, even though she lost that second set, she was still keeping up with Towson in the third set. The only difference basically was made at 4 all when uh, Towson destroyed a backhand return winner down the line. Mm-hmm. Really good stuff. I, I really enjoyed it. And Towson obviously is having an amazing season and just sort of cements herself as one of the best players in the world. I think she's one of the iciest players on tour. She, she barely ever, you know, looks under pressure. She's just that impressive. I, I, I don't know how much of Towson you've seen. You're right, you know, she did look kind of, a lot of players um, show their emotions, you know, and, you know, get frustrated, um, mm-hmm. but, you know, she's, she's just one of those that kind of, she did keep calm under pressure, it was noticeable as well, because she is very young, isn't she, she's like, yeah, not she's not that experienced in the tour, but, like, she just did seem level-headed and mentally tough, um, which is good, yeah. you don't see, especially from younger players, there's a lot of players that just, like, lose their rag too easily, you know. Definitely, yeah, so yeah. It's, it's good, it's a rare quality to have, but it's important, I think, yeah. um, to develop that. She's she's looking like I think I'd add into that Gav definitely I think she's looking like one of the most level headed young players in in terms of her sort of consistency like even when she's playing bad tennis she she brings a a good level onto the court definitely and 
in the final when this, this was her sixth final of the year. Incidentally, she'd won all five of her finals previous to that this year, uh, three challenges and a couple of 250s. She wasn't playing anywhere near her best tennis against Bekic in the final, who we'll get on to. But she she still delivered a really amazing level. I think she threw up three times on court, apparently. So, you know, to deliver a pretty decent level despite throwing up on court, it's pretty impressive. I mean, she was saving set points and stuff in the first set. Yeah, and she was obviously absolutely knackered by the end of the, the match. She was saying she was really tired. She just wanted to... Uh, go to sleep basically but <laughs> but she still she was still able to to play really well yeah she's super exciting I, I think yeah keep an eye on her obviously I think she'll she'll get into the top 20 probably within the year definitely within the next year obviously um yeah super impressive and against uh, Vekic I, I don't know how much you're paying attention to Donna Vekic's run but amazing to see her winning a title again really is yeah, she's one of those players that you know we always know how we've always known how talented she's been. You know how great a player she is, but it's it's it sort of happens more on the WTA side than the men's side. I think you've got so many good players. Um, they maybe don't win for a while, and they maybe just go off your radar a wee bit, and then they just suddenly pop up again. You know. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, that, that was great to see her play well again. We know how good a player she's been in the past, um, but I think it just does emphasise again. You know, it's so difficult for one player to dominate on the WTA. There's so many players of a similar level. It's very high level, but it's very similar sort of uh, qualities in many players' games. It's so difficult just to dominate and keep on the top, you know. Um, yeah, definitely. See her winning again, and you see her in the in the spotlight again. So hopefully she can um, build on this, win win some more titles. Uh, you know, that'd be good. Yeah, De- definitely doable. I don't don't know if you knew at the start of the season she she'd been off the tour for a while because of foot surgery, so she was coming back from a pretty pretty bad injury basically and this is sort of the first tournament she's had certainly since May when she came back where she's been able to sort of bring back her sort of top 20 level you know she former number 19 sort of level basically and it's only the third title of her career as well so you know she might sort of be trading new ground here and might be able to bring a, a level she's she's never brought before certainly she looked steadier than I've ever seen her I would say I don't know if this is the first tournament where she's won without dropping a set the whole week you know it, it, it was really impressive stuff um also just a weird thing about her run she she beat three Chinese players in a row I don't know if I've ever seen that before and that, that was the that maximum amount. Seen that, <laughs> yeah like that was this the maximum amount of Chinese players uh, she could have beaten at the tournament yeah, that was a potential quiz question. You could have asked me there. You could have really got me in the back foot there. I know, yeah, Jesus. Oh. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not that cruel, Gab. <laughs> not saying I don't have quiz questions for you here, but uh, oh, you better not. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Um, yeah, no, I'm a big Vekic fan, so really good to see her coming back there. Definitely. Good stuff from Vekic. Uh, good to see her back. Back to her best, and it's um, certainly a good week for Croatia, who had uh, another winner. Yeah, on the main side. We've been waiting for um, this for a while. Yeah, I mean, we'll, <clears throat> I'll I'll dive into the the, the winner in a second. Yeah, but, um, yeah. There's there's a few other early rounds that I want to talk about from St Petersburg because there was a few interesting things that happened. I think the first thing I wanted to talk about, Gab. I don't know how much you know about BVDZ. I think is what I'm going to call them because Botic Bo- van der Zand shop doesn't really roll off the tongue, to be honest. I don't, <laughs> I don't know how much you <laughs> you saw of him this week, but yeah. He made it to the the semis with an amazing run. Came through qualif- yeah. came through qualifying as the top seed for probably like the 
sixth time this year or something coming yep. for a qualifying. Probably even more than that, actually, because I think he qualified for all four slams. Yeah, he, he was awesome this week. Again, he's, he's such a weird, underrated player. You know, just so so bizarre that he's only about 63 in the world at the moment, to be honest. Yeah, like, he's got the firepower in the game that would suggest that he's definitely top 30. You know what I mean? Like, he's yeah. got that sort of um, the weapons in his game and he's got the sort of uh, tactical astuteness as well. But you think this guy's not 63 and he's like 33 or yeah. know, 27 or something, you know? Uh, definitely around that. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And yeah. Um, yeah, he was able to beat Rublev this week. Yep, I was doing my predictions for St. Petersburg, and I thought if Ashka would beat Rublev, to be fair, so that kind of shows how much, well, how no confidence I've really got in Rublev at the moment. I don't know, he just, he's not quite got the gate, you know, playing as good well as he was at the start of the season, you know, and that's yeah. the, I think that's the problem. Maybe a wee bit too one-dimensional, but I think in this instance, it was just Van der Zandschler playing awesome. You know, yeah, but, but it was it was quite it was quite a comfortable win in the end, which yeah kind of t- falls in line with what you're saying. You know, Rublev really isn't playing anywhere near his best. If he was playing his best, Van der Zandschop, BD, BVDZ, Van der Zandschop's maybe easier. Van der Zandschop could you know could still have won even if Rublev was playing his best, but it would have been way closer than three and four, I think, and yeah. definitely shows that he was a little bit off. Um, you know, Van der Zandschop just absorbed that backhand all day basically, and. It absorbed with his backhand, sorry, all day, and you know, Rublev kind of just looked a little bit meek, which is not something I would say about Rublev normally, obviously. Yeah. Um, really interesting tidbit about this matchup, Gav. I think you'll probably believe this when you hear it, but he had played the the two players had played before in Rotterdam in qualifying about four years ago, and Rublev was asked about the matchup basically, and he. He wasn't aware they'd played in the past, basically. It was just like, I remember losing to a Dutchman in Rotterdam. I didn't know it was Van de Zandschop. Uh, how, much, how much does that say to you about, you know, Rublev's prep and tactical sort of awareness going into matches? It's just like, is there always a plan A and it's just plan A every single I think it is, match? I've this for a while. It's frustrating. I mean, don't get me wrong, when plan A goes great, he's like the best player to watch because he's got that grunt as well. I think Nike should make those shirts where they've got like the Roger Federer ones that used to have. You should have like Blair. Yeah, Blair. I like it. <laughs> the, guy's, the guy's great to watch, but yeah, he does need more variety in his game. I, I don't think I've ever seen him hit a drop shot or a slice. It's always flat, which is, you mm-hmm. know, it's good for from an aggressive point of view, it's good, I guess. But yeah, when it's not working his way, you know, he's just not been able to grind out matches like other players, like Sitsipas, who's got a great deciding set record, you know, has been able to this season. Mm-hmm. Um, he'd hope he'd develop that. But I don't know, it's difficult, I guess, to tamper with it because you don't want to tamper with his natural power and aggressiveness. But you yeah. want him to be a bit more intelligent and astute in the court. So um, you'll need to find that balance. Yeah, it's it's interesting the, the the commitment of the guy. You know, he's incredibly dedicated to the sport. To be fair, I think you know if he, he is willing to make any changes he needs to. So it's just it's just a matter of time, maybe, for him to feel comfortable with implementing those changes. Mm-hmm. As you say, yeah, you don't want him to feel uncomfortable in the court, definitely. So I think it'll be a while before certainly the transition game and stuff improve. But yeah. you know, once he once he's there, you know, maybe he could challenge the top five. But at the moment, he's kind of looking second best. love to see this by the way Gav another semi-finalist this week in Jan Leonard Struff I just wanted to comment on it I love the guy you know he's great I mean again maybe not as 
consistent as other players, but he has got the big weapons in his day to definitely be a nightmare for even the top mm. guys, you know. Um, really powerful forehand, big serve, decent backhand as well. I think he has improved that two-hander, um, mm-hmm. certainly from when I've watched him in the past. Um, but yeah, I hope I was hoping he'd have a big week because like, I remember watching him at Roland Garros and he beat Rublev actually. Um, yeah, he did. yeah. He, he had a great match there against Alcaraz as well. Um, in yeah. Fifth round. Mm-hmm. So I, I was kind of after Roland Garros, I was thinking, well, maybe he can sort of build in this a wee bit more. Maybe we'll see him kind of throughout the end of the season as you know played as well as he was there but I think it's just difficult for him to sustain it maybe it's the way he plays you know maybe it's the big aggressive game but I risk what, what I've noticed as well is when he played at Wimbledon against uh, Medvedev it was the first serve it just, it just went at times you know just he couldn't get his first yeah. serve in and you know against Medvedev that was never going to work out well but um, yeah good to see him playing well again sure yeah it's, incidentally, you were speaking about the French there. It's the first time he's won consecutive matches since the French Open. Yeah, he's been struggling for a while. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, gives you a good idea. Good to see him put together wins like Bublik and, and Chapel this week. Really good stuff. Other semi finalist that made it to the final, sorry, the eventual finalist, and Taylor Fritz, who is having a nice late season surge. It's still actually his sixth semi-final of the year which really surprised me as a stat yeah. um, it maybe it's not so surprising when you hear his record which actually is, is now 1-5 in semis so he'd lost his previous five semis this year um, so we hadn't seen him in any finals hadn't really had any big tournaments Indian Wells certainly is his biggest tournament of the year last mm. week um, and you know he kind of carried that form into into this um, tournament as well Good wins against Tommy Paul, Rusevori, Milman, and it was stuff that he eventually beat. Yeah, good stuff for Fritz. Obviously, I, we were saying that about his foot and uh, you know the surgery he had on it and how well he's moving now. He's kind of you know he's backing that up. He's, he's yeah. showing that he, he really is a, a really good player at the moment. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, but um, he came up second best to the man, yeah. the myth, the legend, Magic. the Croat. Yeah, yeah. That, that's made my week. Um... <laughs> no, it's great, great for Marin. I don't know how it's just so random, isn't it? You know, when I think Marin Church, I usually think oh, grass courts or <clears throat> outdoor fast hard courts. I don't really tend to think indoor courts as much, but he just seems to be finding his level now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's got he's got a few indoor titles. He to does, be fair. he does. Yeah. But you know, I always, I guess, I always have that image of him. You know, at the U.S. Open twenty fourteen when he when he won that with his great serving, and then Wimbledon. He's always been seems to always be a contender at Wimbledon for like the past decade, you know, he's always been up there. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, it's good to see him playing well. I was kind of worried for him, especially at the start of the year when he couldn't find his level. I sort of think, oh, could this be, be the wee slide um, the year that we see him slide down a wee bit? But um, no, it's, I think there's hope for him for next year. I think there really is, you know. Yeah. Even though it's not maybe a 500 or a 1,000 that he's doing it in now, 250 is still very competitive at that level. Um, it is, it wasn't, yeah, yeah. It was a poor lineup. You know, it was a very good lineup that week. Um, yeah. Hopefully we can just see him do it a wee bit more often in the bigger tournaments like the Masters, the Thousands and 500s and the Slams. But um, no, it's good good to see, always good to see him win and um, hopefully he can just maintain his level and um, hopefully build on it for next season. Definitely, yeah, yeah. So that's his 20th career title. 20% of them have come from Russia, quite interestingly. It went exactly as you'd expect a Chilich match to go, Gav. I don't know how much you saw of the momentum turns and the shifts and but- stuff, but... Up 5-2 in the first, that goes to a tie break. Up a break in the second, on two separate occasions, loses 6-4. Down a break in the third, 
win 6-4. <laughs> <Just, laughs> yeah. Exactly, yeah. Moment of the match, definitely, for me. And it's interesting, uh, Gav, because you have commented on this in the past. He won a second service point down 3-4 break point by finishing it with a clutch drop shot. And yeah, I think that... Yeah, no, the hand stuff, I remember last week. But <laughs> he fired off a beauty there, I must admit. It was like the peak drop shot. It was like, mm-hmm. where was that last week, man? You know what I mean? Like, I know, yeah, yeah. Um, and the forehand, a forehand down the line as well, break point, two, three. It's, it's very lived by the sword, die by the sword for Marin, isn't it? You know, it's yeah. either, it's one or the other for him, definitely. It's either his, his undoing or the reason he gets, he's victorious at the end of the week. And on the other side, for Fritz, unfortunately, it was a double fault on the final break point of the match. They were very neck and neck, basically, for the whole thing. And, you know, a shot like that basically separates them. I'll be honest, I thought it was going to be from Manon's racket. That a double yeah. fault would separate them, but there you go. I love to be proven wrong by a player like Chilich, who you know it, it does. It pleases me to see him win a title. Definitely, he was absolutely. he was absolutely ecstatic. I have got a question, Gav, oh, for no. you. I think I think this one's gettable. So by winning his twentieth title, mm-hmm. he cements his position as the player, the, the an, an active player with the second most titles outside mm-hmm. of the Big Four. Outside of the Big Four. Yeah, can you name the other four? So four is four players above him. Uh, sorry, so he's second. So he's second, right? So the other four in the top five. Is that yeah, the other four in the top five. Exactly. So this is outside the big four. Yeah. Okay, that that's a good question, actually. Medvedev's got to be one. No, actually, really? he must be close. He must be really close. I think he's got like what, fifteen titles or something like that. I think active players. Um... I think that's that's part of the problem. They are active. Are active, but they're but old active. Yeah, some of them aren't. Yeah, some of them aren't particularly active. At the same time, yeah, Medvedev's got thirteen titles. A uh, big clue: three of them have played very few matches this year. Stan? No, no. How is it not Stan? I got this one from ATP Media as well. But uh, yeah, now you're saying Stan. Songa, Songa one. Songa is one. Yeah. Right. Okay. Uh, Stan didn't make the cut by one title. Might you tell me, I think. Yeah. What, what, so one of them was Verev, uh, 18 titles. Right, I thought Medvedev would have won more. Yeah, yeah. so yes, Verev's won more titles than Medvedev. Yeah. Del Potro at 22. Semi-active, semi-active. Semi-active, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And a uh, team, also semi-active. Yeah, uh, I guess I was thinking players that are playing the two of them, yeah. Okay. It's, it was kind of an unfair question, yeah, yeah. but oh, there you go. Anyway, yeah, I, I just thought it was interesting information. Del Potro at 22, Songa 18, Sverev 18, and Team Funny, I've probably got 17. the most obscure of them, the one that you'd probably think I wouldn't get, I've got. <laughs> I know, yeah, yeah. Well, I've got a good get with Songa, definitely. So yeah, there you go, St. Petersburg. Good stuff for man. You'll be absolutely ecstatic with that, obviously. Thrilled, yep. Now he's yep. in the calendar slam next year and hopefully win the World Tour Finals next year as well. Oh, that's, definitely. That's for Church, yeah. I don't know about the World Tour Finals, but the calendar slam. Calendar yeah. slam, yeah, that'll be easier. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Moving on to the Transylvania Open. Yes. Yeah, it was a, it was a good tournament, actually. A, a pretty stacked there as well, I would say. You know, there were some really good players in, in amongst the draw for sure. Um, good to see Simona Hallett playing some good tennis. Annette Contivate continuing her charge. I think I'll just cover a bit on Emma Raducanu yeah, first, though. Yeah, media panicking when she's not won a tournament for like two weeks. That was hilarious. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, quarter final run. Well, get out of here, Raducanu. Yeah, you know. yeah, yeah no. exactly. Yeah, 
interesting though. Obviously, you know, by getting to the quarterfinals, she won her first tour level match. Yeah, um, came back, didn't she? Yeah. That first set. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Against um, Herzog. Yeah. It was Herzog. Herzog yeah. 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 She, she played like she played really well. I, I thought um, against Her- Herzog, who's a tricky player, definitely mm. really good second serve and stuff. She dealt with it really. She dealt with like all the sort of different looks that Herzog was giving her. She's actually really good at dealing with variety, and I think that's something we're going to see a lot in the future. Definitely. You know, if you play it short term, she's really good at sort of hitting a good approach shot and dealing with it at the net. Um, yeah. Down break points and stuff, and able to save save them with amazing shots as well. She she played really well, and you know anybody who's who's looking at this week like a bad week for her is well, having a laugh. Don't know anything about the game, do they? Let's be honest. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, you know, in comparison to the US, I think that's the problem for the uninitiated. You know, it does look pretty rubbish. Shot for the amount of outcry, you know, she's tried to find another coach. For me, it's just like I don't get why. People I don't get that. that. Yeah. Now, obviously, you're going to look for a more experienced coach. Um, I think it shows a good mentality as well. It shows that she wants to get the most out of her game. You know, yeah. she, she wants to progress. I think that's a good thing. Instead of people just saying, "Oh, she's not loyal to her coach," what's well, a professional sports business? It's not like having a pal. Yeah, exactly. Well, <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, what did you expect? I mean, I don't understand it. I really, don't I know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, you've, you've summed that up quite well there, Gab. Definitely. You know, I think business she, at the end of the day. I mean, exactly, it is a business. You're, you're quite right. Exactly. She did eventually get um sorry obliterated. I would I would say it's, it's not unfair to say by Marta Kostuk one and two, pretty one sided scoreline. Kostuk, you know, sort of peer of hers, you know, at a similar age, I think nineteen at the moment. We mentioned her last week, of course. Um, she couldn't really get going against her. It's that forehand down the line for me watching that match that just did not look on at all. And maybe that's something we'll see unwind. You know when. Vatican is off her game in the future. I don't know if that's yeah. just a flash in the pan, but yeah, perhaps. Yeah. I mean, I think you got to remember as well that she's had a lot to deal with over the past month, two months. Would be like totally new to her, even sponsorship and the spotlight being on her. So I guess like when she yeah. had a bad performance, um, that can happen. You know, I'm not too. I'm not surprised. As I said, I think you know she might not have a big run for a while. I wouldn't be surprised at that. She's still processing what's happened to her. It's, a life ch- it's life-changing what happened when she won that US Open. So it's not just going to be, oh, it's switch on next week. You know what I mean? It could take a while just for her to settle back down and, you know, try and find a form in the two. I think you need to you need to give her time. Just be patient. You know, the press need to be patient rather than saying, oh, she's going to win this, that, that, and the next thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, so it doesn't yeah exactly. Help when you've got pundits like Rosetsky and all that saying, oh, she could dominate and all that. It's just like, calm down, you know, sit down, calm down and wait. You know what I mean? That's it. Yeah, future world number one and stuff. Just yeah, can't, yeah, exactly. It's like what happened with Coco Golf as well. Remember, like when she made that run at Wimbledon, everyone was like, "Oh, I think Sue Barker must have been kind of." I don't know what happened to her that day when she said, "Oh, she could be the goat." It's like, just calm down, Sue. I know, yeah. <laughs> Back to presenting the day job. Can't blame the sound bites. You know, uh, like, rent a quote for some people. Honestly, it is a mad thing to say. Commentary, you're quite right. Like, like just that. I just have my head in the hands. And I'm like, no, I know. What are you doing? <laughs> Just so much hyperbole and stuff. It's just, yeah, yeah you're quite right. It, it should be a very realistic take on the game. And, you know, that way, uh, yeah, a lot of it is more the media is blamed than the public. I wouldn't so much I'm say that. the ex-players saying that because surely players know it doesn't work like that. I don't understand yeah. their ex-players can say, oh, oh, she can be the goat and all that. It's like, well, just calm down. I know, exactly. Yeah, it, if you think you're being polite, you're probably doing the opposite, to be well, honest. You're doing them a disservice because, yeah. like, if people hear that and take that as gospel, they're going to think, oh, that's disappointing. She didn't win that week. It's like, 
independence. You're not you're not guaranteed success after winning a title. You just anything can happen. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. I hope. I think we just need to be patient with Raducanu. Um, might be the case if she doesn't win a slam for the rest of her career. And that that's also a possibility. She might not be able to win a slam again because um, there's so many good players around. Uh, we, yeah. We never. You know. People never talk about that possibility. I would not be surprised if Fernandez, you know, goes on to do bigger things than Raducanu. That could yeah. easily happen. Yeah, it's exactly anything could happen. I just think people calm down. Basically, calm is down. the is the yeah. bottom line. Definitely. <laughs> In other news. Uh, good to see Simona Hallett back to playing a scary level of tennis, dropping 13 games en route to the final over four yep. matches. You know, she met her match, obviously, in the final against Contivate, who overturned a 3-0 loss record to, to Hallett. Since to, we started def- this podcast, I think Contivate's just been on fire. I don't know if she's listening to us. I know. She's, like, she's just been on absolute fire. I mean, she, she, she really has. A decade early and she would have probably won tons by now. I know, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty... It's mad. It's impressive. It it, like it's so impressive how good she's been. I think that was our fifteenth consecutive indoor win against Simona Halep in the final. All straight sets. I think she, she might have been all straight sets the week before. Or no, she had one. Yeah, she had a sticky match in the final. Sorry, yeah. last week. But yeah, um, still super impressive. And obviously, you know, going to Guadalajara, she's going to be even more impressive. You know, she. You know, the, the be- that's the best yeah, position well, to be yeah. in. Basically, going into the World Tour Finals after yep. the fifteen match in- winning streak indoors, yep. she's going to be amazing. She she made a little joke in the um, winner's speech, Gav. I don't know if you saw that. Just giving a shout out to her pal on Shabur, who she had to yeah. edge out yeah. by I think about sixty points or so. It wasn't much at all. Yeah, no. Shabur sh- tweeted something earlier in the week about Condovey. It was it was good. Um, uh, it's good to see them like you know react like that, and it's you know good uh, banter and uh, stuff like that because you know they're clearly. Appreciate, respect each other's games. That's what you want to see, you know. Yeah, 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 hundred percent. It's quite interesting. Obviously, Conte is playing really well, but it's all kind of smaller tournaments, to be honest. So, sixty-nine percent of our points for the World Tour Finals have come from two fifties or five hundreds. I think the best result outside of the smaller tournaments was a quarter final last or a few weeks ago at Indian Wells. Yeah, for comparison, I think the sort of heaviest I could find on the men's side was Rude, um, with forty-seven percent of his points coming from lower-level tournaments. So yeah, it gives you an idea. Four titles on the clay team, two fifty. Yeah, yeah. No. Even then, still less than half of his points from smaller tournaments. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Obviously, the only thing left for Contivate to do is start winning big titles. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Well, it's Which, a natural progression, isn't it? You dominate one level, then hopefully you go up to the next one. But nothing's guaranteed. But you'd hope that you know. She's got. She should have the confidence now and belief in her game that she can do it. I mean, she's beaten yeah. big players. Just needs to do it in a bigger stage. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Um. Just a few comments, by the way, on the uh, actual final, which was amazing. Halep had been really, really good. She'd beaten Kostuk eleven one in the match before, but she just she didn't look anywhere near able to keep up with Contivate, who. So she hit less unforced errors by one than Halep, but she hit eleven more clean winners, which is so difficult to do against Halep. I cannot understate that. Halep's one of the, if not the fastest player on tour. I think she, I think I'd say that. I don't think that's unfair to say. Yeah, Yeah, best mover on tour, definitely. 21 winners to nine. Just so impressive. Her forehand down the line is actually insane. Like, yeah, probably the best on tour. I don't, at the moment, at least, definitely. Yeah. It's, It's so impressive. So, yeah, she can bring that into the World Tour Finals. 
Yeah, she could win it, definitely. Anybody could win it, any of the eight players could win it. Oh, That's the beauty of it, isn't it? That's definitely, so yeah, yeah. With, uh, with that said, Gav, obviously Contivate now qualifies. for. Well, if she doesn't, sorry, she actually doesn't. Um, there is still a chance somebody could overtake her, but I think the reason she's been talking about it like she'll get there is because it's very, very unlikely somebody will overtake her, basically. Yeah. Um, but she's, she's not actually officially qualified. But yeah, so top eight players at the moment for the World Tour Finals. Have you got any idea who they are, Gav? Well, Contivate's one, so we got off to a good start there. Mm-hmm. One uh, of eight. Ooh, um, Barty's not playing, obviously. <clears throat> yeah, Barty, is, Bar- Barty is one, though. Yeah, Barty's number one, number one, isn't she? Uh, Bedosa. No, Bedosa's not up there, is she? She is. Bedosa's she is. there. Yeah, she mm-hmm. should be. Yeah, after the years that she's had. Uh, Sviontek. Sviontek's there. Mm-hmm. Yep, obviously. Um, that's my Muguruza. Muguruza is there. Yep. Uh, Kerber? No, oh, that's it's unfortunate she's not there, but she isn't. She's, she'll, she'll be like 11 or 12, I think. 11 or 12, okay. Um, uh, so you're, so you're, missing, you're only missing four. You've got half. Spitalina, obviously. No. No. No, she's not there, actually. I'll give you a clue. One of them won a slam this year. Of course, Kredjikova. Kredjikova, yep. My God, I don't get that. And you get Pliskova had a very good Wimbledon, obviously. She yep, yep. Uh-huh. Sabalenka. Sabalenka, yep. What? How do I mind? <laughs> it's, it's the early morning starts, I think. <laughs> so those, those, that, that's like automatic stuff at any other day of the week. <laughs> and of, and course, then, uh, of course, you must have Sakari. Sakari. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Nice. That's yeah. the early morning start. I need a coffee, I think. <laughs> <laughs> no, it did well, though. did well. Uh, yes, Fitalina, obviously, you know, we've been talking about her playing quite badly, but you still expect her to make the, yeah, the yeah, top yeah, ten. Yeah, it's just a big match. It's mainly a big match. Like, in the big match scenario, she doesn't perform her best, but, like, you still think she, in the first week of slams, usually she, she gets through it okay to get to the last stages. But, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then Kerber as well. But, yeah, she, she kind of started... Playing so well after the grass, the grass season onwards, but yeah, start of the season, yeah, just not quite good enough, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, that's, it's a good lineup, you know. I, one, of, I said it last week, but I'll say it again, yeah, one of the most varied lineups we've had in a long time, definitely. So it'd be really interesting to see how everybody plays off each other, um, in the final stage of the year. Absolutely. Just a few miscellaneous points before we wrap up, Gav. A little bit of a uh, British contingent use. Mm-hmm. Aidan McHugh got his first top 100 win this week. Yeah. World number 88. Yeah, that's yeah. a very, very good win. Um, yeah. I know he had a heartbreaking defeat in the next round, so he had eight match points against Stefan Kozlov and he lost. Eight match eight points? Are you kidding? Yeah. Oh, man. I didn't see that. That's, that's brutal, isn't it? That's like from feeling you know, that, that relation of getting your first top 100 win to that defeat must be absolutely brutal, isn't it? I mean, gee. Sorry, Aidan. I'm you're probably a big fan of on the line tennis podcasts. So, uh, you probably, uh, probably listen to this, yeah. as we speak. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Sorry, Aiden. Uh, that is yes. Yeah, it's, it's unfortunate. It's always me bringing the negatives. I should have just left it with you trying to see the positive. I know. Yeah. I've just, <laughs> just, just brought the mid right down. Yeah. That's horrendous for myself. No, the potentials are there. Big uh, silver linings for you, definitely, Aiden. You know, I'm sure you'll you'll make a deep run at a tournament at some point, defeating players like Steve Johnson. Um. That's good news, I think, overall, even if he lost a, a, a heartbreaker. It's, it's not so bad. I mean, world number 88, that's, that's a great win. And Johnson's yeah. been far higher than that. 
you know. Yeah. So. And um, double success as well. Jamie and Bruno winning in St. Petersburg. Yep. Yep, which was uh, good to see. I think that's the first title for all the I made the final in Vienna, but still short, didn't they? Yeah, and they played so well. I think yeah, Ram was just a little bit off his game against Kabal and Farah. Um, but yeah, still a final. You know, f- for them, that's maybe underachieving, but it's still... Um, it's still a good season they've had, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. And uh, interestingly, Gav, so third place in the race to... Turin are Zabaios and Grenoyers with 4,535 points. Yep. First and second, poof, miles ahead. Mektic and Pavic on 8,875 and yep. uh, Salisbury Ram on 7,185. So. That'll be a good watch. The doubles on that event will be good because Mektic and Pavic have been dominant for so much of the year, but in the past couple of weeks they've had a couple of poor defeats, so we'll be interested to see what happens at that last yeah. weekend. Yeah, and Sal- Salisbury and Ram obviously miles ahead of the pack I mean yeah okay they had an off day but they've just been so so good so yeah yeah so there you go I think that, that'll wrap us up Gav that'll definitely up. yeah I'll go and get a coffee and uh, somehow work out how I didn't get the top 8 women's players quicker in about 10 minutes <laughs> uh, you can uh, start watching the Paris Masters as well obviously I think I'll probably be watching Andy V Brooksby as well you know oh, we'll yeah, get into that we'll get into that in the next I'm pod I'm sure match, I think yeah well hopefully not I'm, I'm hoping for a I'm, I'm hoping that Brooksby um, it's, it'll be like looking in the mirror in a way it definitely so. like 300 job rallies <laughs> yeah exactly so hopefully uh, Murray comes through a Nice, comfortable four and four win there, but I'm not hoping Even for too much. Scoreline now, that's dangerous territory there. I know it is. It's totally jinxing it as well, and it? it's just foolish of me. Yeah, it'll be good stuff. Catch us uh, next week for an analysis of everything that's happened there. I'm sure we'll get the final um, reviewed and stuff like that. Um, if you want to catch any of our work, you can go to jackedward.substack.com. Gav is on Last Word on Tennis. Um, get a few of his articles. You might be doing some predictions this week. Probably will be, yeah. Probably yeah, yeah. Some predictions for Paris, but uh, yeah, give, give us a read. Give us a week share. Give us a yeah, week, uh, definitely. Give us some views, but yeah. Um, yeah, all of the above. Thanks very much for, for um, staying this late in the episode. We'll catch you next time on the Online, online Tennis Podcast. Thanks very yeah, much. Thanks very much. Cheers, guys. Cheers.